folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. Jesus. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, coming to you on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, and without further ado, it's an honor to bring in a friend of the program. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, without further ado it's an honor to bring in a friend of the program. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This. Inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Come to you on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are in this great world. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Path. 573's Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are in this world. And uh, without further ado, I want to bring in a decorated singer, and somebody who has uh, been inspiring on the bandstand for quite some time. Uh, she really is a cosmic individual and uh, <laughs> my name is Jake Feinberg and what do you think about that I can kind of <laughs> folks welcome inside the Parisi Palace high above 3773 East Broadway this is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Coming on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Come to you on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. Oh. 
folks. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace. High above 3773's Broadway This. It's a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, Comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are in this great world. And without further ado, want to know where to invest $1,000 right now? Hi, Rex Moore with The Motley Fool. And if you know us, you know how... What the electronic instruments did do for me, they made me hear things that I would possibly not ordinarily I heard a melody on the piano. Uh, it was primarily a pianistic melody. But if I turn to the electronic instrument and and I hear that sound, it caused me to write a tune like this. Now that kind of swell this you can't get on a piano and that's always been one of the points of frustration with keyboard artists i think that uh, the fact that you could never really hit a note and make it swell you could diminish it you couldn't swell it uh, we couldn't do other things with the notes I had natural thoughts about what I wanted for background. 
Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. I was always a lazy writer. I, I still am. When I have a musical idea, I hate to pick up a pencil and paper. I'd rather put it down on record or tape and, and embellish it from there. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace. Hi, above 37. Uh, we're going to plot it on the screen. There we are. Get on a piano. 
artist. Mm. I think that uh, the fact that we could never really make, hit an open, make it swell, we could diminish it, but we couldn't swell it. Uh, we couldn't do a lot of other things with the notes. I had natural thoughts about what I wanted for a background. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition. 
Jake Feinberg show. different parts of the person's body that he has portrayed. Please record your message. 
When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Jim Parisi, this is Jake Feinberg from the studio. Um, I really need you to come in and uh, give the board a once-over because uh, the static that you're hearing uh, is coming through the board and it makes it almost impossible to do any kind of phone interview. And I've been adjusting. Jim Parisi? Yeah. Hey, it's Jake. Oh, it's going on, man. Can you hear that static? Yeah. Yeah, I, like... This board needs like a kind of a jolt every few, I mean, at least a few months. Like I've been like playing with knobs, but it's it's almost impossible. I can't even do an interview right now, and I I'm not even sure. Um, it just needs your magic touch. I wasn't sure if you were planning on coming in at any point to uh, to the studio. Well, I'm not today. I got Yeah. No. 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 I mean, like. This week, maybe? It's oh, just... Yeah, I'd like to replace that board down the line, but to be honest with you, it'd be tricky wiring our setup again without an engineer's Ooh. help, because that was a tricky setup. Like, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? Yeah. light on in the room that's interfering or something? Usually uh, a board will just... Yeah, hold on. Let me, let me see. Yeah, it's still pretty, uh, it's still pretty, uh, it's just been like, it just deteriorates because it's an older board. It, it, it was perfect for so long, and then it just gets off skew. I love this board, but it is really not cooperating at all. So, and anyway, I, I need your magic touch whenever you can, man. I know you get busy. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get down there, and it's not, I'll find a way to replace it. I had a secondary board that wasn't quite as good, but... I think we're sitting around somewhere. I'll, I'll check that for now. Now, it went away now, right? Or did you just do that? Well, because I, I turned down the... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a neophyte, Jim. You're the you're the, you're the, 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 the cat, man. Like, it just popped up. Yeah. It's been, like, slowly getting worse and worse. So we're at a point now where it's, like... It's not really operable, um, so I don't. But I don't think it's broken. I think it just needs to be tweaked or something, you know. Yeah, and you know what? What I've been wanting to do for a long time, almost afraid to try to do it, is replace all the wiring behind it. That shit's been there since the other building. And all right, if you can get through a day or two, I'll try to take care of it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Jim. Good luck today. Thank you. 
January 2017, we had gone to watch one of my... Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, it's an honor to bring in a friend of the program, 
Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, High Above 37, 73 East Broadway. Getting older does not mean getting weaker. Don't let anyone tell you different. Everyone thinks this process is inevitable as you age, and there's nothing you can do to keep your muscle mass. But they are wrong. The solution lies in getting amino acids in the perfect balance. The science is a little complicated. Welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 37, 73, Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, it's an honor to bring in a friend of the program, somebody who has been um, on her mission for quite some time on the bandstand leading and communicating and doing the best that she can uh, to inspire people in her world. And uh, really, it's quite an honor to have her. Christina Romer, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you. 
inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Company on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And without further ado, it's an honor to bring in a friend of the program, somebody who has been inspiring on the bandstand for many years. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Coming on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are in this world. the Parisi Palace, high above 3773's Broadway. This is the Jake Feinberg Show.
Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show, comedy on Power Talk. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today, wherever you are in this world. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Coney on Power Talk. How you doing? Good. How are you? Can you hear me fine? I hear you good. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. I'm all right. Doing good. Having some tea. Oh, beautiful. How are you? What are you up to? <laughs> um, just trying to get back on track. Actually, I just like uh, been having kind of a gravitationally heavy week because I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I can talk to you about it off air. I don't want to talk to you about it right now. But it's cool. Everything. I mean, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So. Mm-hmm. Let's it's get nice it. to meet you, even yeah. over the phone. Oh, it's, it, I mean, it's been so, it's been such a long time coming, you know. I know. Thanks for um, sticking at it. Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Thanks for keeping in touch. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, let's have fun. Yeah. Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. 
Comedy on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And, you know, it's not really, uh, at some point, you can interview all your elders and all the people that have been on this planet a lot longer than you. And you recognize that uh, the only way that a lot of the music that we love or I love uh, will be sustainable is if it is carried on uh, in the tradition, but also adding to the vocabulary from younger cats who are inspired uh, in many ways by their environments and the people around them and their own life events. And I connected with this cat quite a long time ago, and uh, you know she's a really, um, you know, she just is uh, somebody who, you know, it's hard to make a living in the music world, even if you love to sing or dance or perform or play an instrument. And my guest has the ability to also uh, because of her um, because of her gifts and, and what she's been blessed with, she has the ability to also uh, model and make actually make a living. But I think in her heart and in her soul, she would prefer to be on the bandstand six nights a week, a week singing Billie Holiday tunes or Ella Fitzgerald tunes or Louis Armstrong tunes or even tunes, uh, you know, from other parts of the world and... Uh, I can see in her eyes that she is, in fact, somebody who, when she gets out of her own way and is able to love herself, that there's information that comes through her from the heavens, from the divine, and uh, to me, that's what it's all about. Uh, that's when uh, magic occurs, and, uh, and that's what my show is about. Christiana Romer, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Thank Show. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for that um, introduction. It um, really struck me what you said about getting out of your getting out of your own way and loving yourself and just letting things come that way. Uh, that is huge because <laughs> I I feel like it always comes down to that um, in anything we do in all of life. But especially music. I mean, can you talk a little bit to the audience about uh, you know growing up? Were you, did you have to break away from any kind of dogma or rigid thought patterns? Um, so many people I see that have like so many natural gifts, you know, they were just born into families that had unrealistically high expectations um, or there was trauma or whatever. They tried their best, but they still, the point is they passed on to someone like you who I see as a conduit uh, for to the heavens, I mean, everybody has that, but you know, it's it's a matter of whether you can access it. <clears throat> and then, obviously, if if the people that are around you, that are closest to you, allow that to happen, can you can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what kind of dogma, if any, you had to break away mm -hmm. from to be yourself? Uh, that's a <clears throat> that's a big question, um, and I think we. Everyone, I mean, we all, no matter in what situation you find yourself in, you have, um, you know, it's part of the human experience and the human development to, um, to discover yourself. Like you said, get out of your own way, let yourself <laughs> shine through. Um, and so that will be in different forms down my, in my situation. Um, I guess, well, my experience has been that you, I, I always, tried personally to very much listen to um, what 
what is true and what is um, it's hard to really give a formula for that or give us a specific dogma but just um I tried to stay in tune with um, with my own self and then I was um, musically speaking I wasn't um, I, I come from a family who was always um, very much appreciated and valued music and celebrated music together in the family um, otherwise no, there are also things in, in my experience too that were um, don't necessarily lay out the path that I want to take or I should take or that is right to take. Um, so I guess it's just about finding um, or following rather. I think I always had a pretty strong drive and tried to follow um, this direction that I felt like I, I really needed to go in and I really needed to explore. I think explore is huge because of course I don't have all the answers, no one really does, but, um, but to keep exploring that way. And um, for me it was more when you say about different things you, you, you touched on, or maybe I'm interpreting, but it seems like you touched on the difficulties you face or you mentioned the word trauma or different obstacles that we face and I think um, it's also, for me it was part of the process to even um, instead of, you know, you go through different phases, but maybe you want to avoid certain situations, but I'm very much about now wanting to try to dance with them and try to embrace them, and um, maybe it even kind of vaguely relates with um, this record that I put out and that I called House of Mirrors because I like this image or this idea of mirrors and being in a, in a house or a museum full of mirrors, um, not in the sense that you're seeing yourself everywhere, but in the sense that if you can find a certain reflection and a certain relation to yourself um, in your surroundings, in, in the people, in the situations, in the circumstances you face, that that can be very insightful. I think it's beautifully said. I mean, did you, did you like, um, so your parents accepted, your family accepted and appreciated art. It wasn't about that, but, you know, they, can you just talk about, like, when, I mean, to me, like, you have the society says that there's a certain way that you need to uh, I mean ha, do you feel like part of the mm -hmm. frustration is like the idea that you know there's a you know there's rules that society says you should live by but then mm -hmm. as a free spirit and as somebody who has a direct connection to the divine you want to do your own thing you want to be mm -hmm. you want to be free but the problem is i mean putting the pandemic aside it's just mm -hmm. like how do you and i always felt like you know in our previous uh you know uh, engage you know like conversations like you didn't necessarily feel like you wanted to come on the show because <laughs> you weren't necessarily at a point like where you felt like you were owning your own existence and mm -hmm. i and believe me i'm not either i mean nobody has the answers <laughs> But I just, yeah. I, I just wonder if you can talk about how, I mean, you, you are living in, you know, New York, you know, that, that area. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like for someone like yourself who, you know, just yeah. how you balance between like, like, I mean, you know, you go pick up a gig mm -hmm. to, to do something that society, oh, well, you're so beautiful so mm -hmm. you must you should just go do, be mod just be a model you know <laughs> just go do that yeah. you know but actually I've talked to so many not even musicians just people that went into that stuff and it was after a while it was like mm 
it was such a burn. It was such a drag. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I'd love you to, as yeah. honestly as you can, talk about sure. your, 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 your path and, and where you're at and, and what has been. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I guess um, what you first were saying or just um, speaking about um, things you want to do and how do you fit that in with your with society or circumstances or, or any kind of limitations you feel like you face. Um, I think for me too, I, so yeah, I did um, both in, in family dynamics or in societal um, situations, you do um, have these, have this path you want to follow and you will get face some limitations or, or it feels that way and um, for me I think it was um, I would what I would say to that is um, first of all I early on and as <laughs> cheesy as this might sound but from a very young age I really truly wanted to aim to be happy in life which a lot of us do I think you know just have this deep sense of of happiness and um, and so that's what I really wanted to follow and pursue but then I think an important part never took for granted that I will um, receive anything at all and then especially receive anything that I'm aiming for. So I never had, I know I've never expected that from the world. I never felt like it, it has to give it to me or anything like that. Sure. And yeah, you're not, you didn't that, feel entitled. Yeah. No, exactly. And so um, linked with that, I also um, think of, I've always, I, to, it's important to be, take responsibility for yourself and take responsibility about what you're what you're doing, what you're putting out there. Maybe that's tying into when I first was hesitant to come on the show, just because I want to also take responsibility for what I put out there. But um, I appreciate that. Yeah, but so yeah, and so then um, so I think it's about that, not taking anything for granted, not thinking anything or anyone really owes you a whole lot um, and you can you can try and you can seek and you can explore and then it's also linked with finding um, in a way sometimes I'm, I'm going to appreciate this more and more now and sometimes having certain limitations or um, just constraints that you have to work with can also be um, an exciting thing to find your way and navigate that space, navigate your way within those constraints. Um, so I think if I had to somehow, you know, sum it up into a couple sentences, I think that would be, that was what has been really key for me, is to um, not take things for granted, take responsibility for what I'm seeking, what I'm putting out there, and uh, yeah, anything I, I do or, or aim to do, and, um, and then just trying to navigate the space that you do have and that you do find and to work with that and then that can actually bring about a lot of happiness <laughs> i would say for me personally oh, i love um, it no i that's mean that's my approach so i mean i guess what i yeah yeah well no what I, I, I mean is like in the in the artistic life or or, or this um life that i i've chosen or been le uh, living is um what i also mean by taking responsibility or not expecting too much is just that um, yeah, so if, if when you said, oh, what if someone or society comes and says, oh, why are you doing things such and such a way? It's, um, I also don't expect to, uh, to, to not have those kind of confrontations, but then just to find your own way how things work for you and to um, not expect to then lean on anyone else either, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah you're making perfect sense. No, I mean, listen, this, yeah. here's the bottom line. I mean, can you talk about the first time that you in your that you can remember 
in your life um, connecting to spirit or source uh, in some kind of theatrical setting or even you know just in general when you recognize that whatever you were doing uh, you were not fully responsible for and that in fact you were you know really a conduit for information I mean a lot of times on the radio mm-hmm. um, I mean for better or for worse I mean I I you know um, you know have a way of uh, with with people of being able to extract information from them that they haven't thought about or maybe never talked mm-hmm. about some of it it can be very personal but ultimately it leads towards an authentic interview and mm-hmm. you know a lot of times in my in the flow when I listen back to stuff I say to myself I don't remember even saying that and it's similar mm-hmm. to playing an instrument or playing in a band when you're all spiritually on the same frequency and um, and then you know you you create something and you don't even know if it's good or bad or not or you know but at the end of the day it has some kind of massive impact and you realize mm-hmm. you aren't fully responsible for it and and that's part of you know you talk to a lot of the older cats that are that were in the studios and that um, mm-hmm. made careers in the studios which you probably would have done uh, very prolifically mm-hmm. back in the in, in a different time in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. but uh, yeah well no I mean it, you know there were just opportunities outside of live music yeah. so it was you know but but a lot of them you know the phone has stopped ringing and they're bitter not because I mean part of it's obviously they're not getting called anymore but the other thing is that when they played that guitar solo that made that a, a pop hit on on radio or they sang that tune that became a pop hit or whatever they mm-hmm. they took full responsibility for that not recognizing mm-hmm. that they're only partially responsible for it and so mm-hmm. because when you realize that you only have partial responsibility for something like that then your ego is not really involved and mm-hmm. I just wanted you to talk about from an early age I mean I've seen you you know, not live but you know mm-hmm. I see you sing I see you perform and mm-hmm. I just think that it, you must have experienced some magic in, in, in your younger years. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, mm-hmm. a, a memory that you have when you realized that you were a conduit to the divine. Mm-hmm. Well, um, first thing that kind of pops into my mind is that I, um, so I always love to sing since I can remember it since being very, very young. And um, I actually uh, remember you know, my earliest memories is that I actually thought that all humans sing, just like all humans talk and all humans walk, and that that's just a thing <laughs> that, <laughs> that we do, because it's very natural and very liberating. Um, and so for me, I also, from a very, very early age, um, singing was just something that I, I did, and I also didn't interpret too much into it or... Um, what I mean by that is I felt like not so much that um, singing belongs to me, but more, oh, I get to sing, and it's um, something I kind of can be grateful for or is given to me that I get to get to do this. Um, Absolutely. And so, so I guess that's kind of how I um, then perceive music in general, is it's more 
if anyone's serving anyone, then it's more serving the music, not the other way around. Um, I don't own anything. I don't own any. We've, we've gotten, well, I'm kind of tri drifting off now, but um, from singing to the impressions that we get and what we learn from around us and observing. So, you know, we don't really own anything. Um, and so I guess, yeah, now I there kind of went into that onto <laughs> that topic unintentionally speaking of owning things. I think that already takes away when you were saying how we only have limited control um, over ourselves or what we do. So I think that's already one aspect is the mere fact that um, nothing really belongs to us. So um, that's already limited control. But uh, another thing is um, I think also just growing up at an early age, I felt like there I was observing so many things impacting my life in a way that I didn't want them to. So speaking of constraints or, or frustrations and those kind of things. So I, I grew up witnessing a lot of, um, I mean, yeah, just uh, different things, a lot of uh, certain hurt or certain um, frustrations impacting my life. And I felt like I realized how much that was impacting or also influencing. Um, what I, I wrote songs and poems early on, and so the things I would write or the things I would, I would sing or, or think about or process, I was very much influenced by that. And so there, again, I guess it just, that's another, it just shows how, uh, when you were saying it's, it's not all about you or it's not all about, um, mm, let me ask, can you, what, can you what, talk? What was your quote? I want to quote you. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it, it has more to do with like, um, um, I, I'm just talking about like in the app in the in the process of of creating when you right, realize okay. that it's you're not fully responsible for whatever you you're not fully create. responsible right. but I mean can you talk about a poem yeah. that, a poem or a, a song that reflects some of the hurt you were that the hurt or the angst or mm -hmm. the things that you were basically trying to you know the uh, you, a lot of yeah. times you talk to people uh, in sure. bands that have become leaders and they're like you know, when I was in that band, I learned what not to do as a leader. Uh -huh. uh, and, you <laughs> yeah. know, for you, I just, if you, can you talk about... Uh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I am, um, so for me, I, so there's some very early songs, and I've just, you know, kept them to myself. Um, they're not out anywhere, but uh, I wrote a lot of things. Um, I also grew up, by the way, this is kind of through my mom's side um, of the family. She... I grew up with uh, country music, kind of from the Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton era. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I bet it was influenced by that or just also folk music in general. But um, but then based on kind of what I was seeing and witnessing around me, I um, one topic that I, uh, that I would see in my songs is I would um, empathize a lot of, with, um, so empathizing with maybe certain people who in, in some contexts will be, will be labeled the villain, for example, or not even the villain, but just someone in a very complicated situation. And, um, and I would try to think a lot about what they're dealing with and what might be going on for them. And then when you just now said, oh, and then you think about what not to do, I think the process for me has been, or what would frustrate me already at an early age, like as a child or teenager, what frustrated me about the things I was writing is I felt like um, I also want to consider what I'm putting out there and what I'm 
because um, if you're if I want to communicate with art, then I then I want to communicate with people, and so I wanted to think about what am I communicating, and it would frustrate me that I felt like I was writing about things, but there was no. I want to take responsibility for what I'm writing, and I thought, but what am I, what am I giving anyone by presenting this, by presenting these thoughts? Am I giving anything at all? And so that was a process for me. That's why I kind of um, held back for a while before kind of putting too much out there, is because I first want to um, take that next step of not just writing, not just experimenting, not just creating, but then also to really be more intentional. I guess that's the word. Be more intentional with what I'm writing and what I'm what I'm doing. And so for me, that was a process. Of, yeah, of leading to the release. I did uh, you know, no, I want. I that's what I want. You know, I really, I want you to talk about yeah. this. Uh, can you talk as best you can about this evolution of mm -hmm. going from? Because it's it's something that I'm working on in my own life. Is just uh, going from expectation uh, instead of having any expectation, doing something through pure intention. I can already tell. In, mm -hmm. in our conversation, how hard you, you know, it's been, you know, so many people say, my God, you can intellectualize music so much and mm -hmm. talk about what you want or what you, and then you, you know, you, you intellectualize it so much and you haven't played a damn note, you haven't done anything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah. so can you talk about, you know, how you've tried to get to the point of, uh, creating with intentions only and no expectations mm -hmm. because you know for me the minute you put expectations on something it doesn't have to be music it can be anything you know mm -hmm. it could be a relationship it could be uh, a job you know whatever it is I mean the mm -hmm. minute you attach expectations to it then you emotions are going to get involved and quite honestly uh, you know it, it, it could lead to disillusionment if you don't mm -hmm. meet those expectations, as opposed to just doing something for intention only. I mean, I'd love you if you could talk about how you got moved from expectation uh, to to just intention. <clears throat> well, I think um, I have a few, a few thoughts come to mind. Uh, I well, some things, as everyone says, and we all know, is um, first thing I think is that. I, um, I really appreciate the journey instead of a certain goal. So I, um, that already kind of takes away that whole expectation part, or at least a big chunk of it. If you right now and can be fascinated by where you are right now <laughs> and just appreciate that, that path, that journey. Um, another thing is I, I tend to and always have um, kind of ten I have a tendency to um, of course, we, I do get caught up in um, comparing yourself or, or looking where you want to be, right. where you can envision yourself being, right. all of that. Of course, that happens, but I usually, I, I have a tendency to bring myself back to, um, instead looking back to where I was, and then kind of just, just look at that. Oh, where have, you know, what have, I, what have I done so far? Where have I come from? What have I learned? All these things. And I think that just puts me in a really nice place if I do that, because <laughs> then... Because um, that also just makes you really appreciate so much more. Um, there was one other thought that uh, you made me think of that was, um, mm, oh, so I, for me, it also, and see, this is maybe where I just, for some reason, 
I loved, I sang early on, I loved writing little songs, little poems, you know, listening to music, also just appreciating art so much. I didn't uh, grow up early on with this expectation of making this into a career, you know, having the label of a singer or a musician or anything like that. Um, for some reason, I don't know, and it might be because I didn't grow up in a, in a family of uh, musicians or professionals in that sense. I, my, as I said, my family very much appreciated music, but so maybe that's what influenced it. Um, but I just very much had a desire to sing, and I remember, um, so for me, when I was in my teenage years, that's when I um, started just singing in, in like bars and restaurants and, and locations around the city. And I, in my mind, I was just thinking, I love to sing. Here are some people are actually like giving me a bit of money to sing at their venues. This is wonderful. Like for me, I just thought, wow, great. That is so like, cool. I don't even know. Oh. I don't know if I can even carry a tune, but someone is asking me to sing, and so that's wonderful. <laughs> like, so I'm happy. Um, so I, I always just kind of had that. So, and I, I guess I'm all trying to say is also when it comes to writing, is I am. Um, I've always very much it's just been a part of something that I really I crave, I need, I desire, and something I, I do. So also, I can share with you that I had a moment, too, in my life where I really um, seriously considered to just quit it all, stop it all. But I didn't mean by that I would stop singing or stop writing or stop creating, but that I would just stop, uh, I guess what you would call the business of it, or somehow to try to be involved in in the you know performing world and the hustle and all of that like I, I did consider to just stop all of it but that never would have meant that I would have stopped doing it for myself so um, so I think that aspect of just for me I've always um, wanted to maintain that feeling of how I always try to not forget why I'm doing this in the first place and that I'm doing this because of how much it gives me and I think also and when I say me I mean the world I mean everyone you know how much um, art means to everyone and what it gives the world and so I try to focus on on that and remember that and not get carried away by all these other um, factors that we complicate our lives with well I mean let's be honest I yeah. mean I mean first of all you're really um, articulating so well I'm, I'm so honored to to talk to you I mm -hmm. I, I mean um, you. can you can you talk about like it, to me it's I I, I just kind of assumed you were like you had um you know uh european uh, you know her maybe you were you you had that kind of heritage mm -hmm. and things like that and i i am mm -hmm. like uh amazed to hear about this um this folk aesthetic that you were raised mm -hmm. on not just to, you know i mean johnny cash is like the I mean, that guy's a, you know, he's a legendary cat. I remember mm -hmm. talking to, I interviewed Merle Haggard, and he said that when he was in jail at San Quentin, um, mm. Johnny Cash came to the to the prison, and, you know, it's 500 men, yeah. and he had no voice. And by the end of the night, he roared his voice off, and, he, I mean, by the end of the night, he had these 500 people, guys, completely enraptured. Uh, he was a, a monster, wow. you know, and, and, and yeah. I, but, but when, what you said before about, um, the folk, you just basically talked about any folk artist. That's exactly what the whole idea is. It's, it's art for art's sake. It's mm -hmm. making art that's true to your soul. It's not, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, and it's not about 
the hustle and and mm-hmm. I, I so I mean that to me is at a certain period of time I mean you go back to uh, the jug bands of the early 60s and those guys like the Jim Queskin jug band and you know they were mm-hmm. it was before interconnection but they were like oh my god Mississippi John Hurt or the Reverend Gary Davis all these amazing black singers were still alive so they were going down to Appalachia and they were finding them and they were bringing them up to New York City carrying their guitar cases in some most cases these guys were blind they didn't have any teeth but they were mm-hmm. the most authentic you know blues folk guys acoustic guys ever and I just find it beautiful that that is what really attracts you and that's what really inspires you mm-hmm. and um but you, you, yet yeah. you don't. You don't. Are you do do you find yourself being able to, um, like, have you, in your own way? I mean, how important is it for you to not be, um, pigeonholed, or you know, to be able to? Mm-hmm. How big a palette do you have? I mean, when you were singing in these venues, um, were mm-hmm. you singing like old time folk? fiddle music tunes or old European <laughs> or jazz tunes? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, can you talk about how big a palette sure. you have? Yeah. Well, um, when I first began, I, so since I didn't actually grow up in a household that was listening to jazz much, um, and so it was more, like I mentioned, uh, that country era music or um, folk music or classical music or, yeah, popular music from the 60s or something from my parents' side. So, um, yeah, so I didn't listen to jazz that much, but still, oh, but I did, and I, I, I watched a lot of musicals and, and knew some Broadway songs. When I first started singing, I did um, sing certain songs that you call, or people call a jazz standard. I just didn't know those terms, really, exactly. and I didn't grow up yep. in that mm-hmm. environment. <laughs> but so, so I was singing a bunch of songs that I thought are just very well-known songs. Um, and I also, when I was at like, yeah, when I was teenage, I, I met this pianist who was actually a professional pianist who was a bit older, and he really served as a quite a mentor for me during that time. Um, so he would introduce me to songs and introduce me to music, and we would, uh, yeah, we would sing together in um, in bars and restaurants around the city. But uh, then I um, went to, then I moved, and I, I so that was in Frankfurt, Germany, and then I went to Paris. Um, because I was hungry for <laughs> for music and, and for for the arts and um, that's really where I got to know you know what what we call jazz or whatever um, a bit more and so I just I went to first I just spent a lot of time just going to sessions and listening I was just listening 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 just observing I was very much in the background and just stood in the corner and just listened um, just to understand kind of what's going on and um, but yeah and so. I guess I'm, now I'm leading up to is that now I don't, in regards to being pigeonholed, I guess I personally just mm, stay away from even thinking about that too much, to be honest. So I guess what I mean by that is um, in then the music that I, that I write or that I sing um, or or how I sing a song that I didn't write, you know, if I sing another song and, then, and if I'm performing it, I, 
I try to, you know, whatever that means, but I try to be authentic, because um, now, of course, we can philosophize about what authentic means, but... Um, no, you are, a I love, you are such a philosopher. I, <laughs> but, listen, I also want to yeah. be clear. You, you don't have to worry about answering the question. Just go where your mind goes. So, okay, okay please. Go All right. <laughs> yeah. But so I try to... Um, uh, yeah, so in my music, what I write or what I do, I just, I try to be authentic and I don't, um, I don't try to pigeonhole myself. Um, and then th in that sense, I, um, uh, I, I try to express myself that feels very true to me. And then I personally just, you know, if, uh, once, if, if for example, now I, you know, the, releasing this first record of mine, that was my first experience of um, releasing a record in my name putting it out in the world, and then the world will do with it what it will do. And so the, um, so the world has perhaps, you know, put it into um, uh, areas or um, I wouldn't call it pigeonholing it. Yeah, it no, they have, uh, categori they have to categorize it. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. categorize it, and that's fine. And I just, um, that's just not where my original intention comes from. And otherwise, I just, uh, I think of, if they're, you know, artists and music and, and um, that, that I take in, I very much, I like to think about um, how, how they approach music or their art, um, also especially their, their, their mentality, their, their pursuit of expressing themselves authentically. I like to think of it in that way and then try to express what is authentic for myself. And um, yeah, that's... That's it's, it's, but it, you, when you when you I, can you talk about what the I mean I think that um, I just want you to be as honest as possible because I mm -hmm. mean you're one of the you're a pretty authentic cat and you're incredibly humble and I just think that mm -hmm. what does the hustle look like like what does that mean like what is what do you you know what kind of things do you have to do to mm -hmm. get ahead and what are the things that like because a lot of it comes down to self-respect a lot of mm -hmm. it comes down to self-love a lot of it comes yeah. down to no i like unfortunately in our society and it's as twisted as it is i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to be in gangster rap uh you you might have to kill somebody you know i mean it's 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 oh. <laughs> i mean yeah. what, I'm, what i'm getting at is like you know as as a what what is the hustle look like to you and what is like what have you gotten towards where you've just said when, when maybe you've had an opportunity to have a record mm -hmm. deal or but but yet what you would have to do in order to get that was something that was you know beneath your mm -hmm. self-respect is can you talk about that mm -hmm. sure I guess, um I personally I haven't um uh, well, so yeah, I guess I've always very, I valued my self-respect, so I guess I haven't been, um, I don't have experience, well, I'll just, I'll share with you my approach, is that I've, um, uh, what you have to do is, well, for me, it's just been, um, you have to put in the work for yourself, you um, keep, yeah, have self-respect, have, um, I guess I often ask myself the question, I mean, okay, I have to sort my thoughts here. No, you, let me let me just uh, let me make it. Yeah. Really, like, I, you know, you're doing great. I, I the, the thing is, yeah, like, yeah. I want you to. You mentioned before that 
you know, you're mm-hmm. you try to pl- be true to yourself, and you said you actually use you said try to avoid the hustle, what, or even mm-hmm. if it hasn't directly impacted. Right, for a moment. Yeah, yeah, like what? How how have you seen it affect your peers, or what is what does yeah. that hustle look like, and and what kind of mm-hmm. compromise have you seen people have to make, and maybe mm-hmm. it actually turned out to be not a good thing, you know? Yeah, well, I'll just you know just speaking for myself is um, I think it's uh, if you if you're so um, you follow the. I, I followed my my drive and followed where, for example, I you know I moved to Paris because I was curious about about the music and the things that were going on there, and then I moved to New York because I was basically the same, curious about <laughs> what's going on there and what I can find there, and I was just so um, excited about also what I discovered there and what I saw that was going on um, artistically speaking, and so, but then that means is um, for me, I you have when I say hustle is you. Um, you have to uh, keep going. As I mean, I think, and in, in, as an artist in general, you um, perhaps that's different to other kinds of work or other kinds of job. Is you're just constantly putting yourself out there. You constantly keep going, keep going, keep going. You're constantly hearing no's as well. That right, you just that's right. part of the game. And there are some yeses, and then there are a bunch of no's, and then there's some yeses, and you just um, keep going uh, that way. I. Um, I tell myself, uh, or I like asking myself both questions. I like asking myself, well, um, what makes me think I deserve this, or like I am not deserved, that I, uh, I'm the right person <laughs> for this. But also the other way, why would I not be the right person for this? So just to kind of keep yourself in check from both of those angles. Um, and then I, uh, then if you, I mean, but that's maybe always in life is you just you go for that and then you might um, things you might have to sacrifice certain things you might have to um, work really hard put in a lot of hours you might have to then for me just making ends meet so for example um, the you mentioned the modeling I did some modeling to get some uh, yeah just financially to make ends meet then um, I also I enjoy acting very much, and that I also very much enjoyed. But I did some acting work to get to make. Well, I would meet. love to see that. I mean, where, when? Yeah. I, I mean that. So I mean, you really are a multi. I mean, Christiana. I mean, yeah. first of all, like I appreciate you saying, you know, um, keeping yourself in check. But I also mm-hmm. want to tell you that um, sometimes things come your way if it's, you know, even if it's uh, if something comes your way and you say well why do i deserve this it's because you've it's you've created a dharmic path that has created this opportunity for you to be rewarded it's through your own actions mm-hmm. and your own ability like if everybody brought yeah. the same kind of attitude and and an essence to the world that you do not that you're perfect but mm-hmm. it's this idea of saying what you know part of you i think Sometimes you don't believe that you deserve what you get. And mm-hmm. you know what? You do. Because it's what... <laughs> and I can tell you because I, 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 I get it both ways. I, I mean, when, yeah. I, when I get off the righteous path, you know, I get slapped hard by, you know, by, by the spirit, you know, to get back in line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you can see your habitual nature. I can see the things, the hang-ups that I have. But I just mm-hmm. want to be clear. I mean, you know... You, 
you have created a you know a certain kind of dharmic path that that has granted you opportunities um you know i i love i think that the thing that you're that you know you're a, a very independent you have a thinker you love having mm-hmm. very individualized art um mm-hmm. you have a high aesthetic for the art you know you're not in the pop world um mm-hmm. per se and and you're definitely not like necessarily you know auto-tuning yourself or you know like mm-hmm. you know you're doing it authentically um and uh, I think a lot of people would just say, "Well, the money's too good," and I'm, and you know, I mean, you have been blessed by being so physically beautiful that you could just be a model, and most people mm-hmm. would settle for that, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that in itself creates a dharmic path um, for you to receive opportunities uh, to create musically, and and that's kind of why I originally um, feel like we connected is because I. You know, regardless of success in in our in modern civilization, I don't. Mm-hmm. To me, what my definition of success is over the last this is my second decade now, starting on the radio, and it's like, to me, mm-hmm. success is how can you um, cut above the morass of what everybody else is doing in your field? How can you mm-hmm. be singular? How can you be unique? Mm-hmm. You know, and ultimately, how can you inspire people? to be themselves that is success mm-hmm. so when i say yeah. like you know obviously you know you want to be able to be independent and make mo- you know support yourself but at the same time um as a singer as a performer um can you talk can you, you your ego mm-hmm. can get involved in this but i i i just i wanted to know what your um superpower is as it relates to what makes you unique as a singer or an actor um Mm -hmm. you know what allows you outside of just sort of physical appearance uh you know once you let go of the influences that you've had everybody has those what Mm -hmm. makes you christina romer like what makes you unique well, I think that's actually a question I can hardly answer, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah. That others need to... <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so let me, but I mean, let me, let's but. just, okay, I'll, put, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. What have people yeah. that you respect or not even mm-hmm. known, complete strangers, come up to you and said, that was so cool, I've never seen that before? Or mm-hmm. I've ne- what, what is the kind of feedback that you've gotten about what mm-hmm. makes you singular? Mm-hmm. Well, what comes to mind now is um, uh, so di- in different contexts. Um, perhaps it's emotionality. I'm, but so um, in singing, it's been people have just mentioned being touched emotionally. So in um, yeah, so I I I, I, I try to connect whether it's a song I wrote because then of course it's coming you know the words are coming from me or the, the music is but if it's also a song that I didn't write I try to um, connect with what this song means for me in my context context and my experience with the world and my um, yeah whatever you know my <laughs> organism whatever it's about <laughs> but so I I try to connect that um, uh, to me and with something I can relate to um, I think the same goes for acting 
I remember I was once on a on a set, and um, it was a very dramatic scene, and so I was acting very dramatically. And and the the director, he was a young director, and he somehow commented on, he's he he's so curious to know what's going on in my head as I'm <laughs> doing the scene because it's just like how is where is this coming from? And <laughs> and um, but yeah, but there too, like I'm just um. I'm taking the character or the or the scenario and trying to connect it with something um, I deeply empathize with, and so so perhaps it's that. Um, and then when it comes to words or writing poems or um, there, this is now more of a topic I'm thinking of that people have commented before or like positively commented that um, they in the poems they like this uh, self-reflection aspect. So. Uh, yeah, just um, continuously seeking to understand oneself and to um, continuously check in with yourself. I as love well. it. No, I mean, this is like, so, yeah. well, first of all, I mean, like, can you talk as best you can about mm -hmm. how you are able to generate that emotion? You obviously touch people's hearts, and mm. and and that actually requires you to drop from your thinking mind from your to your heart into people call it the primordial gut people call it the mm -hmm. soul how have you learned to cultivate that process mm -hmm. well very um simply put or very bluntly said sure. is um for instance if i'm singing something um one thing is uh let's say the song has lyrics and and you're singing something is uh if you so say those lines or sing those lines as if they're just coming to you, just coming to your mind, and um, and you're just living them. And these are these are and oh, and another important thing is um, the urgency behind them. They they need to be said. It's um, it's very urgent for you to say these lines just like that right now. Wow. And so I think having that intention, and no matter how often the song has been sung, and no matter how often someone has heard it, and but then the same, I I kind of I I for acting or, or a film or a theatrical sense it's the same it's even if the, even if the lines are scripted you can relate to them in a way that these are coming fresh from the moment and there's an urgency behind them uh, yeah so I guess that's I think that must be a, a gift of acting because like I mean to be able to you know get yourself into a situation where you can feel that urgency or you know uh, create that I mean you know mm -hmm. it's not like a situation where it, it calls where, where the situation is an urgent situation you have to figure out a way to access your multi-dimensional self I I think mm. that that is um, but there yeah if um, in a way so yes perhaps it's a it's an artistic skill but not I'm also thinking that um, all everyone I'll just make the claim that all humans, we all want to be seen, and we all want to be understood, Absolutely. and we all want to be witnessed. And so um, it's kind of like no matter how dramatic or or not very um, exciting a scene or a song or a story or anything may be, um, this is you know even if there's uh, um, even if you sing a song about the the flowers in the meadow and that they're, that they're looking nice today is that's also that's an experience you're having and you would like it to be witnessed absolutely and you would 
yeah, if you'd like to be understood. So even I think everything can have that weight and have that desire to be expressed. <laughs> yeah. When, when you look back at like, you know, so you did grow up in Germany, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And you know, when you look back at, your, can you talk a little bit about your family lineage and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think the most important thing is, um, you know, I it's really good to have love I mean I my daughters for instance I I mean they're like I love them dearly and we say we always talk about how much we love each other and and yet sometimes um, I think respect is more important and what I mean by that is um, Mm -hmm. you know for people that look at Chris Christiana and they say well she's a free bird and she's on her own path Mm and and I don't necessarily understand it because she's not really you know conforming to the way society mm-hmm. says you should be um, but that being said I still respect it you know mm-hmm. I may not understand it but I respect it and so many people when they don't understand something they fear it and then that turns mm-hmm. to hatred and then that turns to a fracturing of a relationship and I just mm-hmm. wonder in your lineage uh, well number mm-hmm. one if um, the people closest to you may not understand mm-hmm. you but respect you and then two where did you get all this incredible multi entertainment ability mm-hmm. all this sort of artistic beauty hmm. uh, that last one I'll have to think about I'm not sure <laughs> no one's <laughs> ever no, they, your parents parent. have never said oh you're just like your aunt so you know like there's nobody in the family that oh. you, you know like well they, I consider yeah, I consider both my parents as very, um, uh, as artistic people and musical, I mean, just very human people themselves. Oh, and very, good. Um, That's good. Artistic and musical. So even though they didn't do the profession, but at, at the same time, my, my mom was, um, she worked as an accompanist, accompanist and an organist, actually, um, kind of on the on the side. Are so, you kidding me? Like, do, like, in, yeah. what, like, like in, a, in, a, in a soul jazz tree or in the in a church? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, no, yeah, no, she was a church, she worked as a church organist. So like a pi- it was like a pipe organ kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. That is, that's <laughs> awesome, that is spiritual. Yeah, but otherwise, um, I think my, my family, I mean, what has, um, what I do find in, also very fascinating, well, okay, I yeah, sort my thoughts again. But just, just go where you want to go, sides. don't, just go, just go. <laughs> sure, okay, I won't sort them. No, um. Yeah, don't sort. But, Yeah. Um, but no, I think on, on my, well, first to your point when you were saying, um, you know, maybe not being completely understood, but respected for who you are and what you're doing is, um, that definitely, I, I, um, not only in my family, but just in, with other people that, um, sounds very familiar when you say, oh, someone doesn't quite understand you or doesn't, isn't quite, yeah, understanding the choices or so that you make, but, um, but yeah, I think it has, uh, it's, I mean, it's part of it is on me, you know, that you just then, um, that I also understand that they don't understand, or I also understand everything, and, and yet it's fine, you know, it's no, I think in general in life, maybe, um, of course, and a minute ago I was saying that we want to be witnessed and seen and understood, at the same time, even if we aren't all the time, it's okay, you know, we can, we can also tolerate that, or <laughs> be okay with that. Um, but and then in my closest uh, family and in my experience, I think um, 
I am I'm very grateful and really fortunate that for example within my family I've uh, even if maybe not everything was understood I think what my I have the impression that my family did see what gives me happiness and what in what scenarios I have been very unhappy and I'm actually very grateful for that they want me to be happy and so when they see that okay look at that this is where she where she um, blooms and is uh, yeah and, and is, is shining <laughs> and all of that and this is where she isn't um, then they've also just uh, they see that and then they understand that so I think that's um, what I'm very very grateful for and yeah, and then in my family too. I think when I uh, when you talked about lineage or heritage, and I, I there are some. Uh, it did strike me that I think in my looking at my both my mom's and my dad's side of the family and going back is there were a lot of um, people in my family. I think they really had to kind of make things work and find their way, and they weren't always on the common path, but they had to make things work, and they did make things work. And so I think that maybe without me, you know, realizing it, but that's just something that then has also uh, perhaps I picked up on. Can you give an <laughs> Can you give an example? Mm, well, so from so my mom is um, my mom's side of the family is American, and uh, so for instance, just the fact that um, you know all of the United States is is Im immigrants and yeah. immigration. Um, Lest we forget. And so. Yeah, and so just the mere fact that then it would have been my great-grandpa, so not two, you know, just like two, three generations back, who immigrated to the United States by himself, him and his wife, and into, uh, yeah, into these, got some land and tried to build a farm and tried to make it work. And so that's already um, something, yeah, hard to imagine or hard to, that's huge. Um, and... Then on my dad's side of the family, it's um, so, you know, we're, we're all familiar with World War II, but then um, his, it was only my, um, let me think, okay, my great-grandma, so my, my grandpa uh, was raised without, um, she was a single, his mother was a single mother, raised him without a father, which is very, you know, also, especially in those days, very difficult. Um, the war took place. Um, then, I'm not sure how familiar you are with like German history, but then um, after the war, then Germany was separated right into East and West Germany. Um, so a lot of, over time, East Germany, when the, when the wall came up, all of that, it really, a lot of people were trying to flee because um, that was just a new uh, surveillance state. Um, and so my grandpa who was from East Germany. He after he, he had to, um, everyone was drafted, he had to serve in the war, and once um, he then got wounded and was in a, what's the, what's the word, um, you know, these improvised hospitals where soldiers no, the were in the, the, triage, the triage unit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then he was there, and um, then the war, that was at, right at the end of the war, and he then stayed in West Germany uh, instead of going home to East Germany, and so he had nothing, so he had to leave all his belongings in East Germany, he was basically a refugee in West Germany, and had to, and took it from there. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so, you know, eventually then he, he uh, learned some skills, he built, he improvised a, a business, he, um, he got married, all that, so things, things went well. But so, yeah, so again, just someone who, who had to, um, 
yeah, work with what you have. <laughs> so, um, those are just two examples. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah. it's uh, <laughs> I mean, what has been the, the hardest part um, about the pandemic for you mm -hmm. artistically? Mm -hmm. um, well, musically speaking, I uh, everything's kind of gone digital now and digital concerts, and it's just I haven't. Um, yeah, I just live music as for <laughs> so many. I think it's. Uh, Can you talk about like physiologic? Yeah. How physio? Not even performing, but just taking. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, I haven't been able to heal in over a year. I mean, I was on the road so much. Um, mm -hmm. going to see, well, you know, I mean, I was, you know, doing Facebook You're live interviews, going yeah. to see concerts, so much of like my psychological, psycho-spiritual healing came from rhythm and mu live music. Mm -hmm. And I, it's starting to really, um, uh, now I'm starting to feel it after a year. And I, can mm -hmm. you just talk about like psychically how it's impacted yeah. you not having that vibration lift? Yeah. No, it's, um. I think it's really rough, and I just, I also don't really have um, any answers, no, but for me personally, it's, it's, I definitely feel it, I think it's rough, um, at, but I also, um, not to give us any silver lining or anything like that. No, I think we need silver lining. But so okay. my, no, but, <laughs> no, but, I mean, I really, I think the situation is just rough, I, you know, you can't put it any better than that. But um, I, but what I just said, you know, because you asked how have I, what have I been up to in the pandemic, or how am I dealing with it? Is I, um, I, it does bring me back to that, um, you know, nothing taking, not taking anything for granted, and I'm very thankful how, to me, the pandemic has just shown even more how big and important and valuable art is. Like it's only, it only proves it even more so, I think, um, because. For me, personally, during this pandemic, like, what would I be doing without being able to sing myself, without having my voice, without having books to read, without having films to, to see, without having, um, uh, you know, creativity and ideas flowing? It's, uh, so I think they're kind of also, um, art is a, sustains life or is a lifesaver in any kind of situation, and it's, it's, uh, it is, I'm grateful that just, you know, I have a voice to sing. So I have access to this no matter what, but the situation is rough. And so all I can say to you is like what I did do is, um, so I'm trying to use, I'm trying to write, I'm trying to study more. Um, this one project I took on once the pandemic hit is I, um, I picked up Arnold Schoenberg's uh, Theory of Harmony book, and oh. I've always been meaning to really work through it. And I always, I started it, I didn't quite finish it all the way, and so I picked up that, and I'm, I'm studying that. I um, then because I do like film, and I always kind of want to be behind the camera as well, like to actually produce something. Um, I did a then over the summer, I was like, oh, let's I filmed a music video, so that'll come out. Um, so I, I'm trying to just put my creativity there where I can, again, speaking of just trying to make things work within the constraints. But, um, how hard, yeah, is, how hard is it even mm -hmm. in, in like, um, I agree with you. I mean, I think in the, the hardest times, I mean, you know, in the late sixties, uh, in Detroit, there were, you had riots in all these uh, major cities. And the, the first thing the government 
did was pour a lot of investment into those cities, into arts and culture programs, because the significance of music was so different at that time in our country, uh, in mm-hmm. the sense that musicians were seen as viable professionals. Uh, they were mm-hmm. uh, they were treated with the same kind of respect as doctors and lawyers, and mm-hmm. um, it was considered a real profession. And you know, I just I don't know what it's going to take because you know, I mean. It's one thing to create music or to recognize how important it is. And then the question, because we know it's unquantifiable, especially when mm-hmm. you touch people's hearts and, or, you know, you make them cry or you, they walk out of a club and they could have been feeling horrible and then they come out mm-hmm. and, they, and they're healed. I mean, you, there's, yeah. no, there's no data that's going to be able to quantify that. And I, yeah. I guess what I'm worried about, what do you think, what would be your message to club owners and also i don't know just people in general about the need to treat musicians and artists as professionals with like Mm -hmm. a livable i don't think it's unreasonable um i mean there was a period of time in new york when if you were in the studio scene you know if you could if you could if you got in you could uh, do several several studio gigs a week, and mm-hmm. uh, and and then play out and at the bars and and you know what at night and then basically, I mean you could even get ahead, but now with mm. the cost of living, you know and the I mean there really hasn't been a, 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 a an increase in the in the wage of a live musical performer since I think 1984, and we know mm. that the cost of living has gone way up, and so. Mm-hmm. I hear, I hear you, and I know that uh, you love to create from your soul, uh, mm-hmm. which is not always going to produce uh, commercial music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's your message to just people in general about the need to treat musicians as professionals? And what I mean by that is, like, I think you've probably experienced this. Oh, you know, like, you walk in, if you're not a big-name person, it's like, Oh yeah, you can pay to play, or you can uh, mm-hmm. play for the door. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's uh, it, that's just, and even a lot of musicians, um, uh, after the pandemic hit, and you know, obviously it's the one industry that actually hasn't come back is live touring, uh, music, yeah. and uh, you know, they a lot of really serious local musicians, not necessarily in New York, but they were making more on unemployment than they were. Uh, you know working and to me that is mm-hmm. i'm not saying anybody's got everyone's got to be compensated to the hilt but i just look at it and mm-hmm. i say you know if, if it's a value thing it, it, when you're if people are going to make egregious amounts of money making money off other people's money and giving nothing back to society well then why aren't musicians at least seen as a viable profession uh, yeah. And I just, what's your message to people? Mm. You know, I think you're a good person to, you are kind <laughs> of an ambassador in some ways, I, I feel mm. like. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I don't think. Oh, I, yeah. Go, I, don't, I just, you know, I like, like you can always pick up a gig modeling or, and, and, mm-hmm. and you're blessed for that. I mean, that's a really cool thing. But it's like, I don't, you don't mm. make art for like, you know, 
because you're part of the racket or you're part of the the you know the transactional I fit in. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I mean, just for the creative artist, and there's so many, you know them, I know them in New York, just as a, yeah. an example. What is your message to, quote-unquote, power brokers or about the need to compensate musicians? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, yeah, I, I would love and I would hope and... Um, as you say, I mean, musicians and artists in general, I think they really uh, are so important for society as a whole as well. Um, and that also the artist in everyone um, is important for everyone for themselves <laughs> to cultivate the artist inside you no matter what you do professionally. Um, so I, I think it's just really important for for the health of society and the health of everyone individually. And so um, I would love if that were uh, appreciated and valued and really um, recognized in in any um, or society or whatever organization it is in. And so, um, and I think that would really, uh, a thought that comes to mind, I mean, so I, I think that would begin, you know, early on as in, so I was, I'm so grateful that in my family growing up as a little kid, we would sing songs together. We would make music together, even though you know we weren't a professional musician family, but um, we would be making music together all the time. And then I think it's important that also in any education system or any educational institutions that you know growing up that people are um, also that music and the arts and all that is cultivated and valued in everyone's life and every child's life and every adult's life. Um, and I think that will all, so I think it's a bigger picture. It's not just about, oh, come on, every musician has to be valued as a professional. I think it's more a, a bigger idea that just, um, that the value of music and arts in general, um, it's, that it is just so valuable and that that is recognized. Um, and then, uh, oh, there's another thought I just had, but that it's, um, I mean, do you Wait, feel like, do you feel like, yeah, I mean, do you, like, do you feel that, um, oh, I, it came to me. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the, um, so another thought that just crosses my mind is, um, the impact of technology and the impact of, you know, what we are having, uh, and now I'm thinking of, all, you know, people all ages, but just that, um, this, and this doesn't only relate to music and arts, it also just relates of our, our capacity of thought in general and just <laughs> maintaining a, a clear mind and clear thoughts. But because um, since we are, uh, you know, in our, in our world, in our society, is that we have, um, we have this technology, we have our, our, our phones and our laptops and all this stuff, and we are constantly being bombarded with things. And it is, and um, these things are programmed to be addictive. They're not really, they're not designed to, uh, I mean, they can be used as a tool, and that's our challenge. Yeah, to, you're to exactly, no, you're 100, way. this is exactly, yeah, it, yeah, it's a major, <laughs> the, the, the attention spans have shrunk, and then the distractions yeah. and being connected more intimately to uh, yeah. technology than actual human beings, that, that is a crisis. And, and when you mentioned, you know, t um, when you were saying, oh, you know, a, a club or a venue, then that it um, values a, a musician as a professional, of course, the club and the venue are also tied to, you know, they have to make ends meet. They're tied to the audience and, and what this will bring for them. 
but the thing is, if as long as we, um, if people, if if a big majority of people are in a constant addictive state, so constantly addicted to technology and which has consumed all of our realm <laughs> and all of our consciousness, it's true. It will be hard, harder to hmm. be drawn away from that and open your eyes and oh this live concert is actually really important for my health <laughs> and this is actually really important for my soul and for life in general so I think that's another aspect of um, which is an issue <laughs> right now yeah and, and you can't solve everything um, yeah what 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 is some some like in a perfect world if uh, and, and you didn't we weren't so restricted I mean even not you know like Mardi Gras is still going to go on in New Orleans. I, I'm, I have to prove to myself that I think everybody in some way has been traumatized by the virus, not necessarily whether you've mm -hmm. known somebody who's been affected by it or just in general how restricted we've all been in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to be reckless by any means, <laughs> but there's going to be some ridiculous, in, in some ways building up from the bottom, uh, is going to produce some raw, authentic, outdoor music. So it's like mm -hmm. part of me wants to get back on the road, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, but yet my I can't. My older daughter can't go back to her school, so mm -hmm. it's kind of, she's like giving me a hard time. She's like, "You're not going to go on the road if I can't go back to school yet." And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, it, you know, it's like. Uh, but I know. Can you go on the road? Are there? You mean there are gigs showing up, but... Um, well, no, because, like, I mean, like, there are people that are, like, um, <clears throat> there are musicians, our peers, that, you know, they are pushing through with whatever opportunities are available. There might be porch mm -hmm. concerts yeah. or back door, you know, yeah. back, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I guess all I'm saying is I, everybody is going to have to prove, no matter what the money is or whatever, putting that aside, just getting back out there you know mm -hmm. with the understanding that you know it's about a personal responsibility and it's about protecting yourself and protecting other people um mm -hmm. it's about eating healthy it's about science but it's also not about living in fear and i just right. I, I i i even in a perfect let's just say that we had everything under control mm -hmm. and that we weren't so restricted what's an area um that you can identify in your own um, you know, life artistically or personally where, you know, you know you need to push yourself in order to grow? You, so, um, I'm not quite following the relation to the pandemic. You well, because, me, you know, for me, so I'll give you, or, so for, for me, you know, mm -hmm, I mean, sure. I was so headstrong in the past that, you know, before the pandemic, like, every week that I didn't have my kids, I'd be on the road, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I'd be out doing doing work, doing interviews, going to shows, going to California, maybe flying, whatever. I was in a mm -hmm. kind of a manic phase, but it was feeding me. And mm -hmm. now it's like I have to, um, even though we, you know, the numbers are horrendous and it may not be the safest time, at a certain point I'm going to have to push myself mm -hmm. out there again get get on an airplane go back you mean for your own sanity for your own well-being absolutely you know but, yeah. but i'm gonna have yeah. to push myself because i've been trauma in my own way we've all been traumatized right. by this. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i guess what yeah. i'm saying is like um 
I guess in your mind, when you think, I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself and you hold yourself to insanely high expectations because <laughs> what you, you're really amazing cat. But when you, when you um, think about an area that you know you want to address and grow in, uh, uh -huh. what would it be? Yeah. Um, maybe at the top of my head, um, like I'm, yeah, to, um, to sing, to be a part of live music, and um, I don't know if it's just because now you just mentioned that, or and that's why it's coming to mind, but um, perhaps uh, I want to let to go a bit more in the sense, because you were just addressing, you know, high expectations and, and setting the bar high or something like that, but um, is to, you know, because we really had to let go a lot um, experiencing the pandemic. You know, letting go of so many things so much. that we had yeah, or that we were planning absolutely. on or used to, and yeah, so that was like a big, whoo, a big exercise, <laughs> like letting go of all these things that just kind of disappeared all of a sudden, um, and then grappling with you know new feelings and new things coming up like in this new circumstance. Uh, but so um, the same for you know once we once we are back out and about and, and we're singing and we're doing music and we're on the road and those kind of things that um, keeping that same letting go of well or what I mean is also then embracing um, now we can be here and uh, to to take in all you can <laughs> right now because now you have it back I mean I guess yeah for me I just I want to um, uh, continue on this this, uh, this mental space of Letting go, letting things flow, letting things be. I totally um, get it. In, no, in it's the music it, no because as well. you know what? Yeah? No, because here's the, 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 you know, it's 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 applicable to Nazi Germany. It's also applicable mm -hmm. to slavery. It's applicable to the coronavirus. Is mm -hmm. is that okay? Like, let's just, you know, like you said, you had to all the the things that flowed into our lives that we took for granted that mm -hmm. are now have been taken away um you know even when it goes back to somewhat normalcy is to remember to like like chair i guess cherish the mo in, be in the moment and don't ever mm -hmm. assume that because i and i and i ask you as honestly as you can because you, yeah. you are you have many chapters left to write in your life it i think a lot of people <laughs> Uh, through no fault of their own, but, you know, some people will say, I, I used, a lot of, of, of the cats would say, you know, I play every show as if it's a matter of life and death. And I didn't even uh -huh. know what that meant. But what it really means is any, t any show, I mean, there's no guarantee in their mind, mm -hmm. it, this is before the pandemic, that, that there's no guarantee they'd ever get back on the bandstand. They could have a heart attack. Right. They could get in a car accident. It, I mean, so they played as if their life depended on it so that when the coronavirus hit, it wasn't yeah. that big. It, I mean, it was, it was, it sucks, but it wasn't the worst thing because they always played as if their life depended on it. Do you think that? Well, I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, Did I guess what I'm saying is, do you, do, thing, do you think? Though, yeah. <laughs> it was still pretty bad. Was, but yeah. It, no, no. Have, listen, don't get me. It's, it's a drag. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's assuming you're healthy and your family's mm -hmm. healthy, you know, like, I, I guess what I, I didn't understand what that meant. But mm -hmm. but I do now because um, I mean literally uh, most most of my peers played one maybe two gigs last year. Uh, mm -hmm. It was pretty remarkable, and I just wonder if you 
feel like most people that maybe you did take things for granted before mm -hmm. and that coming out of this thing what you're saying is whatever opportunities are given to you that you will never take them for granted not that you mm. you know i guess or, I, you know what i'm trying to yeah. say I, th I believe so um and what i i guess i'm meant to rather say is um uh i mean as you just said you know to play as if it's as if your life depends on it i um i don't think i ever took it for granted um rather well what what I what I meant by letting go is I was um, more thinking of this um, the critical voice that you kind of at least I interpreted. That oh you my God! Yeah, your critical that, voice is like so. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it, it just for the, so, for the audience's record. I mean, it it's taken Christine, Christiana, and I a long time to put this together. Even though I knew she was so <laughs> amazing from the get go, but so yeah. So talk about the critical voice because yeah. I think that that's that's yeah. that's the issue. Yeah. So I, I meant rather the um, when I say I want to like continue this the space of letting go, I meant it more kind of in this regard, like towards my own critical voice. Totally. And that um, because I think the whole you know playing as if your life depends on it is maybe another um, another thing. Like what comes to mind there for me is that um, uh, sure it's it's kind of playing as if life or death depends on it for one thing because um, it's. In, in the artistic profession, things are hardly ever guaranteed. And as they say, you're only as good as your last gig. And That's then, right. Yeah, so you <laughs> never quite know what's next. Um, but secondly, I would say life and death depends on it because what we were just now speaking about, how, um, the, the, how important this is for society and life and humans and people in general. Um, and then uh, for me, sometimes I, I kind of felt um, a connection or perhaps this relates to that idea is um, sometimes, you know, this is connecting to the critical voice, is personally sometimes uh, I've, I will find myself, um, well, obviously the critical voice is always there and always criticizing everything. And then let's say there's, there's a gig and I and the voice is saying, oh, you know, should, are you the person for this? Should you be doing this, et cetera? And then I, I think to myself, well, what if this is the last time I will ever get to sing again in my life? That's right. And then I think, well, then I should definitely go for it. And then that kind of um, takes care <laughs> that's of the it. critical voice. Then there you go. That, so, I mean, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, you know, and yeah. I, I want you to, um, I mean, it's not easy to, to change that habitual, you mm -hmm. know, thing. But I, And it's a valuable thing, too. It can be very valuable if you recognize it as such. Or... Acknowledge its input. Say, oh, thank you very much for your input. Absolutely, I don't. You and know, I mean, I there has to. This. Yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> I don't have. Maybe sometimes I don't have enough of that filter. But at the same time, uh -huh. um, I also b believe there's a couple of things. I mean, you know, you don't need anybody's permission to take a, a, to be a leader and to step mm -hmm. out and to do your own thing. You might alienate some people. You might mm -hmm. get people really flustered. That's on them. I mean, I, I've mm -hmm. been learning over time that, you know, as a journalist, I have my hands in all different types of music with all different types of personalities. And in so many ways, I get off more a lot of times mm -hmm. on the musician themselves than even the music. I, I mean, I love the music, but I didn't ask for anybody's permission to do this, and there's this hierarchical thing like, who does this person think they are? You know, like, what, where yeah. do they get off? You know, and so that's part of it is knowing that you belong. And I guess mm -hmm. the only other thing is, I just want to. You don't have to. There's no question here. It's just, 
I think part of your journey is recognizing that nothing, and the music especially, is nothing is too precious. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you grow up, uh, you know, you model and you have to look perfect or you, they make you <laughs> look perfect. And even it, with today and music, you, everything can be fixed with technology. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the greatest hits in music by Isaac Hayes or the, anybody, mm -hmm. I mean, all that stuff came from things in the studio that were mistakes or like yeah. <laughs> a, a microphone dropping on an amp or something. I mean, I think, uh -huh. I think the idea of not holding on to anything that it's not, nothing is too precious. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like obviously, you know, you don't, what I mean by that is perfection. Imperfection is perfection. And it's mm -hmm. hard sometimes to sit with that. I mean, you know, but at the same yeah. time, that's where the authenticity comes out. You let the music yeah. breathe. Yeah. And I, and I, right. and I just think that your critical voice First of all, you belong. Second of all, whatever you create is it's it is it's perfect the way it is, uh, you know. And 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 you know. And I think yeah. I, I think that you know. A lot of times I do interviews and people will hear something that they talked about that was deeply personal, um, mm -hmm. and they've never revealed it before, and they get incredibly uneasy about it, and yeah. it, they come back and tell me. Uh, that they, that, that, I don't want to say they project back on me, but the point is that I think in that the you trap them into it. Something along, <laughs> basically, they're mortified and they're and they're concerned yeah. about all these things. Like a vulnerability hangover. Exactly, and and then the idea is like there, there's all yeah. they, they would say something like there's all these unintended, unintended negative consequences that keep in mind have not happened at all, mm -hmm. but yet they are projecting yeah. out based on their own anxiety, and when in reality. I kind of feel like it's okay to, you know, in many ways, maybe they're upset and anxious, but I, I, I'm pretty, uh, I guess this is what I was trying to say to you before, before the interview is just, I, mm -hmm. I have respect, I have, I know what my path is, I know what I do, and I know that mm -hmm. I'm trying to bring out the authenticity in whatever kind of healing modality you, you're doing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if, I can hear that. I you know, and appreciate if, and it, that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you've had some kind of trauma in your life, and yet, mm -hmm. and music or rhythm or sound allowed you to heal and feel part of a community and overcome that, then mm -hmm. it's important to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, yeah. and 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 don't you know, and and as and and. You know, so so it, it comes down to people say, I want to edit that. You know, I want to edit that out. Right. It's like, uh -huh. you know, I feel conflicted because it's, it, it, for me as an artist, um, like, why are you hiding? I Believe me, I don't want anybody to be traumatized, and I don't even know what that is like, okay? But at the yeah. same time, do you just want to paper it over and pretend that you're some, yeah. I mean, why are you a great healer? And, and I will be honest with you, I, your, our generation, I've spoken to so many different, I don't know, Reiki, yoga, uh, psycho-spiritual cats, beautiful, uh -huh. amazing, and like yourself, I mean, you know, they're incredibly open, but uh -huh. I just feel like, you know, it's, it's very, uh, I just feel like it's very important to talk about how, what, 
what you overcame, how you overcame it, and how it made you stronger. And mm-hmm. you know, and we live in a very politically correct time. I mean, people are like, "Well, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried about how how parents. You know, if they're a teacher, like, how are parents of kids going to feel?" And it's like, you know, I I don't mean get mm-hmm. all wrapped up here because I do not support. Uh, it's ironic we're talking today on the <laughs> last day of the Trump presidency. I do not support right. anything about him, but. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why he was elected, uh, yeah. and, by, and a, why a lot of people support him, and because we live in—you hear the word "woke" culture, or mm-hmm. you hear "politically correct." And I will say, it is—you know—sometimes it's hard with with people who have a very high. Um, I don't want to say, you know. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but you know when they when they 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 want you to conform to make them comfortable, and if you don't, mm-hmm. then somehow it's your fault, or you crossed the line, or you did something mm-hmm. that was, when in fact I did nothing of the sort. I I yeah. literally am just literally trying to do my craft, and I would never tell them how to do their craft, and I mm-hmm. would expect anyway. I, my ego is involved. I mean, I'm- but you know, I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm just saying there, there's a large, yeah. there, there's a re, there's an infringement, you know, as as radical as 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 Trump was and is, and 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 we can talk about his morality and ethics and just sort of his own personal disposition. Mm-hmm. There are people, and I will say it's a lot of you know, in general, men. I I just feel like it's very hard to be yourself in in this, mm-hmm. and I felt it on many different levels, and so. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even. I mean, in a perfect yeah. in a perfect world, I think um, everyone we would listen a lot more to each other. We would um, try to understand each other much more and communicate much more with each other. I mean, I think it's um, uh, kind of relating to political correctness. What you touched on is, um, you know, there's a there's a need for things to be talked about, for things to be acknowledged, for things to be um, discussed. And it's it's a shame if, um, if communication is actually, um, uh, maybe it never was there in the first place, or if it's somehow stifled. Exactly, more. exactly, so, that's exactly yeah, what I'm saying. Thank <laughs> you, for, you're, 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 you're yeah. I mean, you know what? It's like, I mean, just don't, don't make me, please don't make me out to be the villain because um, I mean, if you had, if they, if you had taken the time to, to listen to the kind of interviews I've been doing the last couple of years, maybe mm. you would have been more prepared for the kinds of questions. But I'm mm. not the one that. I mean, I, all I'm saying is, you, you know, the, your trauma, you know, th- this this deep, dark, horrible thing uh, mm-hmm. that you want to hide. Okay, that, but but that's why you became a great teacher. That's why you, mm. you know, and so so it's part of your existence. Anyway, I think in the long run, yeah. I mean, you're a philosopher, you know, I'm a, psych, mm-hmm. a psych, psychological sort of sociological philosopher, and I, I just, um, sometimes I just feel like shame and judgment from this woke, politically correct culture, like I, I just, I, those are two words. That's why I want you to It'd drop I just want you It'd to drop. Nice shame could yeah, well, this is what I want to say to you: is that um, I am. I want you to drop 
your critical voice and I want you to <laughs> because you know what I, I will never I just I can I will not be shamed I will not um, people can I will never judge anybody anymore part of that is you know my spiritual inclinations but at the same time shame I mean not only you do something out of your free will and you don't twist anybody's arm and then you stand up for what you do and then mm -hmm. because they don't that person necessarily doesn't get what they want then somehow it's your fault and they try to shame mm -hmm. you and it's like that you know I'm not I am who I have to be myself so don't I mean for you um but it's beautiful if one can always um reflect on the self as well I have so. to no but that's my other issue yeah. I mean like even I mean <laughs> even through it all I know that you know I've caused some ang a lot of angst and, and anger I can feel mm -hmm. it in my body and I have to figure out a way to resolve it and also because resolving it is going to um, get my ego out of the way so it's it's mm -hmm. it's both ways uh, you know Christiana do you do you would you like to do um, part two in, in, maybe in a month or something like that it would really I would love to do sure. set two with you okay yeah sure uh so we so we just connect again and, absolutely and no it's just a, yeah okay. I, you, you, yeah you, you, I knew you were you were the real deal and I I really <laughs> and I really I just want you, so I, you know I know it's a really for everybody I feel like force I live in Tucson Arizona and it's to have the ability to come and still do my gig and come and work. Mm -hmm. I don't if I, if someone took the microphone away from me, um, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be in a good place. And if somebody took um, all your yogic, uh, you know, um, abilities away, being on the bandstand, mm -hmm. singing, acting, whatever, it would be mm -hmm. a very dark place. And I, I guess all I, you know, when I see you, I see somebody who's a light healer, and I just want to mm -hmm. give you, bring you light, so that you can stay inspired. In what's going to be, um, I pray uh, we can turn this around. But it's just an incredibly dark yeah. time for any kind of creative who has mm -hmm. a, a fierce, uh, independent, artistic point of view. Even as mm -hmm. the Christiana that used to just sit, stand in the corner and watch. I mean, you've always <laughs> you respect the lineage, and I just want <laughs> yeah. you to. Uh, and I just want to give you light to stay inspired, because uh, it's just it, no matter what, it's 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 not going to turn around as quickly as. And again, that's the other part of technology yeah. that we talked about. It. Technology is not just a distraction to the arts; it's also sped us up so much that people want to just move. So you know, it, we expect mm -hmm. things so quickly, uh, mm -hmm. and I just don't know when we're going to get back to, you know, any kind of quote normalcy. So I. Yeah. I just, you know. But the need will yeah. be there. I, that's what I, I You know what? And the need better, be, the need needs to be there. Mm -hmm. And then there needs to be resources to compensate for that need, for mm -hmm. that, for that craft. And, uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, enough of the, um, I mean, you know, the greed factor is very high. And, and, and so I think, yeah, we'll see where it all goes. But, um, you know, just yeah. stay on, you know, stay on your course and, and I, I so, Thank you so, so humbled, much. So humbled to know you and, and connect with you. Thank you. No, thanks so much for, for having me and for your words. And, yeah, I appreciate it so much. All right. We'll do it really. again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Bless yeah. you, my friend. So we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Have a, yeah. have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. <laughs> talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
a beautiful cat, Christiana Romer, uh, multi-dimensional artist, and we're all trying to figure out our own way in this time. That's it for now on the Jake Feinberg Show. We'll see you later. Thank you.